When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 253 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's numbing loss to Purdue and preview what we hope will be the first of three wins to close out the season, Saturday's game against Ohio State. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at HuskerPod or email us at HuskerPod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Ruddy with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Yes, this is Mitchell from um, Queen, Texas. I just want to say, I, for someone that has played high school and college football, someone that has coached, I really think Scott Frost needs to go. I don't, I think he lost the not only the program but the locker room, and I think this loss represents that he has no answer anymore. And um, you can just see that in the second half. And thank you, t- thank you for taking my call, guys. You have a good one. Hey, this is Michael from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm not calling about the particular game. I'm just calling to vent on some of these so-called greatest fans in college football. You want to fire a head coach. You want to fire a fellow Nebraskan who came into Nebraska and inherited the worst football team in Nebraska history. That's not right. Tom Osborne inherited Bob Devaney's team, and it took him 20, 30 years just to get a national championship. Frank Solich inherited Osborne's team, and he ran with it. He did really well. It's disconcerting that so many fans on Facebook and social media want to fire our own. Yes, it's tough to lose these games, but we need to stick with Frost and the team during these difficult times because once Nebraska becomes a powerhouse again, and it will become a powerhouse, there will be much rejoicing and celebration throughout Nebraska. As always, um, go Big Red and on, on to the next game. Bye. What you have just heard, dear listener, is two sides of the same coin, which I believe represents the state of Nebraska fandom right now. We've got a lot of people who want a lot of changes. we got a lot of people who are um, very dissatisfied, perhaps angry with the status quo. Um, people frustrated who are, uh, at this point, um, perhaps justified in some of the comments that they are making. Um, but at the same time, we have fans who are... Um, I would say, equally justified in um, their frustration with the way some people are expressing themselves. Um, 
people who want to stick with this team through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a weird place to be in, man, to be doing a podcast right now. I'll just say that much. Um, we want to hold both of those things. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I think it's worth kind of acknowledging both sides of this civil war among Nebraska fans that's beginning to take a little, I don't know, it's, it's beginning to gain speed, I guess, is what I would say. It's starting to get ugly. Civil war yeah. is a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, I, I tweeted something after that Austin Allen interception where, you know, like he almost had it and then it somehow bounced out of his hand and then another guy, it was intercepted. I just said the football gods hate us. And just, you know, kind of a quip to a freaky, bizarre play that seems to happen to us too much. And uh, all of a sudden people are talking to me about how, well, the football gods don't care because blah. And it's like people are arguing with me about like <laughs> a throwaway line here. Like this is this is getting unnecessarily tense, people. <laughs> Justin, all of my lines are throwaways on Twitter and they somehow seem to get us into trouble all the time. <laughs> yeah, you generate you generate some... Uh, some interactions, Mike. Folks, I'm. Uh, we don't need to go there tonight. I'm just going to say this one thing. I still haven't read the article. Okay, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't know where you're at, Justin. I I am firmly in the camp of I I do not see firing Scott Frost as a solution. I, I just like long term. I you know I'd say. Personally, my ad, my attitude is, you got one more year to prove something to me. Um, that's that's where I'm at with Scott Frost. I might be if if we're in this exact same spot next year, mm, it's going to be hard for me to say we need to just keep giving this guy time. <laughs> yeah, it's there's no easy answers right now, and obviously there's still three games left to play. Mm-hmm. So who knows what's going to happen? But you can only spend so much time looking at the three narrow losses to top 10 teams and you have to just you have to just set those aside and you have three just ugly ugly losses to your divisional rivals that sh- you know I don't think it's arrogant to say sh- these shouldn't be tight games year in year out mm-hmm. for uh, I so this was the week uh, where my college buddies came out and so to go to the game with me and it was fun to uh, I'm a little under the weather and my throat's still sore from the game, so if I sound sniffly and crackly, that's why I apologize, listeners. Um, but it was just interesting to have some guys who are, you know, they're certainly aware of Nebraska football. They've been around it. I mean, we've been doing it for like 15, 16, 17 years. Wow. And, um, but they don't, you know, they don't follow it day in and day out like you and I. And so just to have them try and think through what's happening, because uh, Mike, uh, my friend Mike in particular, was like, man, I've, I've been coming out here, but this, I've just never seen a loss like this. This is really bad. <laughs> he was kind of struck by it. And then they were like, well, is the recruiting down? I was like, no, our recruiting's been fine. And um, it's just we sh- we have better athletes than Illinois, Purdue, and Minnesota. Why aren't we? Why can't we win these games? So, you know, there there's three games left to go. Who knows how the season ends out? But um, I don't know why we were a seven-point favorite for the Purdue game. And once we threw that pick six and then didn't connect on the long bomb to Toure, it just kind of felt like things started to slip away and there there was nothing anybody could do to stop it is really how it felt. And the audience, this, this, the fans just cleared out. 
It was pathetic. See, that's that's out. the thing that's frustrating to me, and that's where I'm kind of siding with Michael's voicemail. Um, which, by the way, thank you, Mitchell and Michael, for calling in. We appreciate you guys. Um, but I have I have always always said, you stay to the end. You stay and and let's not forget that there was a chance for Nebraska at the very end of that game. And that's, I mean, that's probably one of the more frustrating things <laughs> about the last few years is that we've said that many, many times. But what if that onside kick was recovered? It was and, really close to being recovered. all of those people who left would have missed out on it. I mean, I can't tell you, I am so happy. I was in the, was it this? I can't even remember which end zone it was, but I was in the end zone of the Wester catch. And there were people just filing out of the stadium. Like that's the stuff you got to stick around for. Um, yeah, you know, I, people are frustrated and they just don't want to watch the losses anymore. But I mean, it's what eight, five, seven eight home games in a year, and you spend all off season mm-hmm. breathlessly counting down the days until they come again. It just feels like, you know, it wasn't. It was. It got a little chilly, especially after how warm it was. But all things considered, it was a beautiful day. There's no reason oh, to yeah. leave. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a little bit of a a culture change that we're seeing. You know, we're we're kind of part of the old guard in that we we stick with Nebraska through thick and thin. We're going to stay there to the end of the game, no matter what. Well, that, well, there there's an argument that's been made through the years that that Nebraska loyalty has enabled subpar um, coaching mm-hmm. because you you it enabled. I course to get Riley and enable Gosh. because people just keep coming. Yeah. They just keep paying the, the donation and getting the tickets. And so the university feels like, well, I don't really need that. We don't need to be that stressed about it. And I don't think that anybody at the administration level actually thinks about it that way. I think they recognize the sellout streak as a crucial bit of identity and, and, and they want to succeed. Everybody wants to succeed. Um, but you know, there, there is an argument that if you are, I mean, we don't have very much power, truly, as fans. So the one thing you can do is you can vote with your feet and say, I'm out of here. Mm. So I, you know, I disagree. I think it's lame, but at the same time, I can understand why some of the people do it. Yeah. Man, it was uh, roughly 14 years ago that I first remember seeing on the news them interviewing people leaving Memorial Stadium early, saying, like, Things have got to change. This is unacceptable. This is ridiculous. And that was uh, that was under Callahan, man. We've been dealing with this for a while. It's really old. I'm over it. Yeah, that's and so that's what my buddies were, were talking about it before they left. Like, what? What now? What happens next? And I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's next. I mean, this it was you know it's a really hard schedule. You, you gotta admit, but then again, the hard games we've been competitive it's these not as you know the not top 10 teams that we've struggled with so much Mm -hmm. so it's just you can talk yourself in circles as a fan three and six is where we're sitting that's the one thing you can't talk in circles around that's Mm -hmm. you can only have so many almosts um it was almost uh comical how they go up by two scores and now all of a sudden nebraska gets to play loose they don't have to try to right have ball control offense they don't have to try to run between the tackles and so we get to just like run around and uh sam McEwen in his post game analysis he's like they look like a aac team you know it looks like a mac team i was like 
yeah, it, it you know, that's it maybe at this core still where Frost is. But once you get into that scenario, they they do it and they move the ball and then they almost get that onside kick and it. it's almost funny in a sad sort of it, yeah it was almost way. scripted for us this week like the the second that Nebraska's back was against the wall suddenly all everything worked it clicked but it was it's the classic too little too late yeah it's it's uh, Purdue is all of a sudden they've got a little confidence and and they're playing a little bit more prevent maybe. Um, and and yeah, you you can afford to be reckless, and you know recklessness, high risk, high reward offense, and and it works. It's when we're in you know low risk offense, low pressure, so to speak, that we just can't we just can't consistently move it. Yeah. And then the defense, they couldn't stop Purdue. Purdue's not a good running team. They're a, they're a bad running team, and we couldn't stop them. They had I think they had double the number of yards they average. So I've thought about this next question a lot, Justin. Um, we try our hardest to not single out players. So I'm going to phrase this in a way where um, I'm just going to ask a question. If you were a coach, at what point, what is your number of interceptions that you find acceptable before you start thinking about putting the backup in? Um, yeah, we were talking about this at the game yesterday. Uh, you know, there was a near pick six right at the beginning of the game, maybe like the second play. That could have been started things off with a disaster. And the actual pick six, I haven't rewatched it, but at the time it looked like a really good catch. And so I, the second interception, I don't remember the details of it, but the third and fourth interceptions felt like it was after the point of it was when you're already kind of getting towards the high risk high reward whatever right um so i I think it is easy to point at four interceptions and say that's why we lost but i really feel like the first two were the crucial ones and the last two were more junk um so anyway there was we were debating who was going to come out at quarterback and i and i said frost is going to say adrian gives us the best chance to win and so he's going to put in Adrian. And Frost has been booed, so he's loyal loyal to a fault, especially with his quarterbacks. So I never expected to see Logan. Um, Here's I the frustrating think- thing for me about that, though. And I apologize for cutting you off. Um, How dare you? <laughs> the frustrating thing for me about that, and you know that's what Frost said in his presser after the game. Oh, is it? That's funny. Yep. I didn't even he hear pretty it. much said that word for word. Um <laughs> The thing that's frustrating to me about that is we should not be in a position where when your quarterback throws four interceptions in a game, he is still your best option. I want there to be more competition at quarterback at Nebraska so that when this kind of situation happens, or God forbid somebody gets hurt, there isn't such a huge drop-off in talent from number one to number two. It should not be the kind of situation where if your quarterback is having a terrible day that you can't put anybody else in, it should not be the kind of situation where if your quarterback is playing hurt, he's still better than the other options. Like, we're in huge trouble if he is our only option, and that's the way it seems to be for me. Yeah. That's what I'm frustrated with. Is yeah. like, And, and I'm, not, I'm not at all, in no way, shape, or form, am I like trying to single out Adrian Martinez. I think he plays with a lot of grit. 
I think he's a good quarterback who's gotten a lot of blame for things that are not his fault over the last four years. I thought, yeah, on that uh, that long bomb, I thought my the my buddy who I was with, we both thought that Tor- uh, Torre kind of took his foot off the gas. Maybe he lost. Maybe he lost the ball because the, there was that transition of the shade to mm-hmm. the light, mm-hmm. right where that ball came. But it seemed like it was on the money, and he misplayed it. And you know, when you have a tight connection, it it takes two to tango. But it, yeah, I, I kind of thought put that on Torre yeah. personally. And 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 so like I'm not I'm not dogging on Martinez at all. But 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 like think about it, that probably has a psychological effect on him, whether he wants to admit it or not. That it's been communicated, you are our only hope. And so the weight of the world is on his shoulders at quarterback. I, yeah, I think he feels that. I think that's true. And and I don't think that's fair to him. I don't think that's fair to the team. I don't think that's fair to the other quarterbacks that they're constantly being told, ah, you know, Martinez is dinged up, but he's still better than you. Remember when we had three quarterbacks fighting over the same position and we won a national championship? <laughs> Yeah, you just can't have three quarterbacks fighting over the same position in this day and age. I mean, yeah. if you're going to recruit top guys, so that's I appreciate where you're coming from, but it's just so hard to manage now that so there's, you know, there's a handful of guys behind behind Adrian, but we're going to have to get to next year to see how good, you know, what that competition really looks like cuz Adrian's just so far ahead. Yeah. And he was pushed last year. He was pushed. Mhm. That's Luke, true. And and he got benched. And it was clear he was the better quarterback in the end. And, uh, you know, now what Luke is a backup at Rice, right? Yep. So he was pushed last year, probably made him a better quarterback. I don't know if he's being pushed or not now, but they didn't put in Logan Smothers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, this Ohio State game has real – It, you know, I'm scared. Um, <laughs> if things if things don't work out, I don't know. Maybe you you try – you try the the future, play for, play for the future mm-hmm. more. You know, maybe you don't kick him to kick Adrian to the curb, but you maybe do some alternation. I don't know. Well, I mean, that like let's address the elephant in the room. There are a lot of fans who are. I don't know if I should say this. I feel like there's a lot of fans who are waiting to see who our starter is next year to, to decide whether or not they want to care about this team. What do you mean? Like you think that I think that there are people who are ready to to give up on Nebraska if Adrian is our starter next year. Well, I think as we've talked about on the show, I think that I think that we have seen what the this head coach and this quarterback are capable of together. And I think if he had had a little bit better season, you know, if some of these close wins or close losses had become wins, that maybe there'd be a little temptation to come back and turn more close losses into wins, but at this point you know, maybe there's probably a reason PJ Flack is getting in his ear after the game. Like, you know, pe- I think people are going to want to have a shot at Adrian for next year on their college roster. And I don't know if that is what he would do, but, you know, I don't know what else he can accomplish here. I feel like, as I've said, I feel like if Frost was really, if his job is on the line next year, that he needs to, it would be, it would be worthwhile to get a look at his team run by a second quarterback and not just the same guy the whole time because Adrian's a very talented dude, but he's not getting us there. It's a collective failure, but, you know, he's the quarterback. It's like the most important position in sports. So it'd just be nice to 
if Frost's coaching for his job next year, if he has the privilege of getting to next year to coach for his job, let's see, let's just see how it goes with somebody else. Yeah. And if and if the struggles are identical, you know, if there's that some, you know, if there's evidence of a young quarterback who's making some youthful mistakes but has real potential, that's you know a different way to look at things. If if they can develop the the snot out of him and he's things take off, that's that's another thing, and that would be awesome. But let's just uh, let's just this probably I think is going to be the end of, of that four year ride. And, and that's okay. And I want to be clear personally, if Adrian Martinez is the starter next year, I am showing up. I am supporting this team. I'm cheering them on. I'm a hundred percent behind it. I am going to support this team. No matter what, I will be more upset. Yeah. <laughs> If there are not some coaching changes made by Frost during the offseason. Now, I don't, I'm not going to name names. I don't even, like, I don't even think it's worth having that conversation on this podcast. I don't think that's who we are. Um, but, but I think it's time for maybe, like, let's, let's try to get somebody new in here. Perhaps a special teams coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just get somebody changing. We had a new it up, kicker this week. We had know? a new place kicker this yes, week. Yes, that was one thing I was really pleased with is that they did change that up. Um, and this new guy, walk on, I forget his name. Chase um, Contrez. Sure, I need to look it up. <laughs> yeah, he probably deserves to have his name spoken on this podcast. Um, whether or not he ever hears it is another question. Uh, but, but yeah, he did. He showed up and he. He proved why he got the chance to play this weekend. I thought he did great. Did yeah. everything that was asked of him. Well, and that wind was really swirling. Yeah. Uh, so to make what? Two, do you make one or two? I think uh, it was just one field goal to... Yeah, Chase Contreras. It was funny because I tweeted, hey, that wasn't... Uh, you know, again, like, we tr- try not to call people out. I just tweeted, hey, who kicked that field goal? Mm-hmm. It wasn't CC. And someone pointed out it was CC. It was just a di- it was it was a different CC. Nice, Chase Contreras. Yeah, 33 yard field goal with some swirling wind, weird conditions, and uh, two PATs. Yeah, Prist so. up, averaged forty one and a half yards on per kick, and had a sixty two yarder. Yeah, I thought so he did that's, fine. That's not too. all bad. Mm-hmm. Oliver Martin continues to snag balls in dangerous scenarios. That if he doesn't grab them, we lose a lot of yards. And he actually returned one for eleven yards. Mm-hmm. And we actually returned two kicks. Uh, Zach Weinmaster returned one for 20 yards. And Elante Brown returned. I'm confused by this total here. It says he returned two, but there's a total of two, and that looks like three. We had a couple kick returns, and, you know, special teams maybe are moving forward. Yeah. The uh, one every- sign, The one sign of progress in this season is the one thing that we were pulling our hair out about the most at the start of the season. Everything else seems to be going down the crapper. <laughs> yeah. And their, and their special teams were objectively worse. Their field goal kicker was yeah. 0 for two field goals and their punter averaged 34 yards on five punts. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, four, four turnovers. And then we haven't really talked about it, but the defense was on the field for like what? 38 minutes. Yeah. Oh, you just can't, you just can't win. Mm-hmm. You just can't win that, that game. And, and you know, the, but like credit where credit's due defense for most of that game kept us in it. Yeah. But I mean, when you're, when you're 
on the field for that long, eventually things are just going to break down. They're just they just don't play they just don't play complimentary football. The the defense it they don't they didn't get any turbo, turnovers this week, which re- were really needed, and um, just not a lot of sacks. It felt like Nebraska. This is my thought. It felt like Nebraska was terrified of getting the long bomb pass. David Bell, very dynamic receiver, felt like they were in terror of that. And so by having safeties over the top, there was just always someone open underneath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so David Bell, he had nine receptions, only 40, 74 yards. So, you know, that's kind of pedestrian for him. Um, And nobody ripped one off over the top. But at the same time, uh, 34 receptions for 233 yards. I mean, 233 yards, that doesn't feel like a ton of receptions for or yards for 34 yeah, catches, but but, but he still. just was able to distribute it consistently mm-hmm. for, you know, four to 12 yards. And, and when it you've was, got a running we, game to complement that. Yeah, and we just couldn't stop it. We just couldn't get off the field. And Brom, I think he does a good job of, you just don't know what's coming. Um, they keep you, they, he calls a really good game. So, you know, hats off to them. There was a play, like the first or second running play um it was damian daniels got the guy tackled and it was really eye-opening the initial thought was ha they can't run on us but then you see the film and be like oh that was a that was a pretty athletic snag of his ankle by the defensive tackle if he doesn't do that he's running for a while yeah and um yeah so they got to us their longest rush was only 13 yards they only averaged 2.8 yards rushing but they did have 116 yards, and they just kept they just kept pushing it. Mm-hmm. And that that average rush is really thrown off by three carries by the quarterback for negative nine yards. Dude, it was just it was just a frustrating game, and the weather almost told the story. Um, the first half, 60s, beautiful, um, great day, beautiful day, and then in the second half, the sun kind of dipped down. Um, you could you could start to feel it if you sat down before the fans around you sat down and you lost the sun. It was noticeably colder. Yeah, you, know, you could tell a, a drop was coming, and then it did dip down behind the stadium, and then the wind shifted, and it went, all of a sudden it was straight in our faces. And I had a little, I had a thin running jacket, kind of a windbreaker, and I put that on. But I was, I was cold. I wouldn't <laughs> say I was miserable, but I was definitely uncomfortable. And so for night and day, first half and second half, in the same way. Um, you know, things were good, comfortable the first half. There was obviously a terrible pick six. You can, we could play the old, the old, you know, if he doesn't catch the pick six and he does catch the long bomb, we're up by blah, blah, blah. Those things didn't happen. Yep. It it felt, it felt comfortable. Um, but then it didn't, we didn't have the long bomb connection, some goofy goofiness there. And then when we get the ball back, I don't think we, do anything right in the first first drive of the second half and it was just downhill oh yeah just downhill from there another third quarter back to our old habits three plays nine yards and a punt Ugh. well i think uh justin and i could probably go on for another hour <laughs> talking but we don't about want to purdue but uh you know you, you know scan back to a loss from two three years ago and listen to what we had to say then Probably a lot of the same things. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, to bookend 
the conversation here. We started with two voicemails. We're going to end it with two voicemails, and I think that they are um, they're worth listening in on. So we're going to start things first here with Sarah. Hello, this is Sarah from Lincoln, Nebraska, and I just wanted to say um, I came to fanship of the Huskers after I moved here 10 years ago. And as a St. Louisan and a lifelong Cardinals and Blues fan, I just don't understand how Husker fans can be so down on the program just because of a few years. I get it. In the 90s, y'all were going strong and you were awesome and it feels like it should always be that way. But again, I grew up a St. Louis Blues fan, which meant that up until 2019, we had up seasons and down seasons. We went to the playoffs every year for over 20 years as I was growing up, but never reached that pinnacle. And it's just about loving the team and being a fan of the team, win or lose. I get it. We want them to win, and it's heartbreaking when they lose. But if you're a fan, you love them win or lose. And that's the hardest thing for me to see when I look on any social media and people dogging on coaches and players and all those other things that really, if you love the team, you support the team win or lose. It's about being a fan of the team. It's not about being a bandwagon fan. And so it might take 10 more years for us to get to be the team that we want the Huskers to be, the team that they were in the 90s before I was ever even here or knew anything about the Huskers. But our support is more important than we probably realize. And if you love the team, if you love the Huskers, if you love Nebraska, then you love them win or lose. And so you support them win or lose. And when they win, it's that much more exciting and that much of a greater feeling when it happens. So as a fan who, again, St. Louis Blues, they're my team, but it took us 50 years to get the Stanley Cup. And if it takes another 10 or 20 years before Nebraska gets the championship, I'm okay. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to support the team. Thanks for the call, Sarah. It's it's interesting just kind of hear her echo uh, my friends who who were at the game with me. Um, it's you know it's hard to understand this this Cornhusker fandom. Um, maybe when you're not steeped in it from childhood, um, but I do appreciate this outside. I mean, she's been here for a while, so it's not truly outside anymore. But you know, an outsider perspective, more or less, saying uh, well, why why are you freaking out? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hang in there. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's good to hear. Thanks for the call, Sarah. Um, I mean, what is it? Just tonight. Uh, this is October thirty first that we're recording. Uh, the um, the Braves are one win away from their very first World Series championship. Really? I think. Oh, well, now I got a uh, maybe somebody was saying within like the last fifty or something like that. I don't know anything about the Braves, other than they were on TBS. Let's see here. Braves World Series championships. Um, oh, who who was saying? Somebody was giving me bull crap on the radio talking about that. It's not their first ever. This would be their fourth ever. It's their first one since 1995. So their first attempt or their first first win. 
of the World okay. Series. So I'm glad I checked that. Um, <laughs> so, well, here, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, here we're talking on October 31st. I confess I haven't really been paying attention to the World Series this year. Um, but uh, the Braves, they're one win away from their first World Series championship in, what, you know, over over 25 years. So Been a while, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess right around 25 years. But still, I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at Nebraska's kind of in the same boat. It's been a long time since we've been a part of that conversation. And Truly. You know, the, I, I would argue that there are Braves fans in the stadium this week or this past week who were in the stadium in 1996, you know? So hmm. the question is, are you going to be there when Nebraska wins again? Sure hope so. And I'm not asking you, Justin. I, it's a hypothetical. Oh, it's hypothetical. I think that you – I have no doubt that you will be. <laughs> but do you, Nebraska fan, will you be there, you know? But anyway. So thank you to Sarah. Sarah is our first female caller of the season. All so right. we are going to honor our promise that uh, she gets two coupons for Runza Meals on the Husker Pod. So – uh, a little date night opportunity for you right there. All um, right. Nothing says I love you like Frings and Husker football. <laughs> Truly, that's love. Yeah. So uh, we're going to finish things out here, though, um, with just a short, fun little voicemail from our friend Ben. Take it away, Ben. Hey, guys. Thanks for doing the podcast. Uh, my name's Ben. I'm in Iowa. Hey, Mike. Um, that was a sufficiently depressing loss. Uh, I guess I was just kind of hoping for a little bit of a distraction. So, uh, if we can pull out one more win this year, which one would you want it to be? Uh, maybe that's a decent point of conversation. Maybe not. Uh, have fun recording a podcast after this game. Sorry, guys. Thanks for doing podcast every week. Really enjoy it. Thanks for calling in, Ben. Um, that's an interesting hypothetical there. Yeah. Um, I have a really quick answer to it. Like, if I had to pick one game, Iowa. Yeah. Like, if if um, you know, I I I certainly hope that Nebraska can win out. I would love to see this team get to get to a bowl game. Um, do I think that's likely? No. Do I think it's possible? Still, yeah. Of course, anything's on the table. Um, but if if I had to make my choice of which one game would I want to be a guaranteed win? Let's finish off the season on a good note. Finally getting the team that's had our number for the last several years in a row. Which one? Iowa. <laughs> good point. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but the team that I... most frustratingly. Uh, oh, dude, there was. Did you see that jerk blow kisses at us yesterday? Player? Yeah. Which one? I no, forget I when it was. I think it was the guy who came up with the onside kick. He he went out to midfield blowing kisses, and then he threw the bones right at the 50-yard line. I was angry. Oh, I saw a picture of him throwing the bones. I, yeah. I missed it. It was frustrating. But anyway, sorry. I just Honk. got well, – we're bringing it back to Purdue. We don't need to keep picking that scab. Yeah, I, I would say Iowa as well. Just, I mean, you can – we've got the alliance with Ohio State, so, you know, we're kind of on friendly terms there. I feel like Wisconsin – and Iowa, those are two games that I'd really like to win. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick the one that we share a border with. Yep. Yep. Although, 
beating Iowa probably isn't quite the uh, <laughs> quite the the feat that it seemed it was about a month quite ago. Quite the feather in our cap. Yeah, yeah. But uh, still, I'd love to see that be a victory. So thanks for the question, Ben. That's Folks, true. If you, if you want to weigh on Ben's question, weigh in on Ben's question, uh, let us know. I'd be curious as to your input on that as well. So uh, tweet at us, at HuskerPod. Email us if you want to, huskerpod at gmail.com. When's the last time we got an email, Justin? Uh, Just spam. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we get a lot of, hey, I see you guys have a semi-established podcast. Can we make money off of you? <laughs> have we so, got a business opportunity uh, for you? Have, no, it's have we got a business opportunity for us? <laughs> mm. um, before switching gears here to uh, Ohio State, I just wanted to point out that there was a really good article about Cameron Piper, one of our long snappers. Mm. And it was in Nebraska News Service, which I think is the Daily Nebraskan, or not the Daily Nebraskan, a college of journalism website. Matt Ludwig wrote this earlier this week and okay. we retweeted it and I highly recommend it. Nebraska news service. What are you Nebraska news service? I believe it's a news service based out of the state of Nebraska, Justin. So all that to say, check out Huskers long snapper. Cameron Piper looks to teach on and off the field. Cool story about a long snapper. And as a, the uh, unofficial Nebraska long snapper podcast, we endorse this article. Indeed. You know, I kind of like the fact that we've we've emerged as, you know, we're kind of the little guy, kind of kind of the underdog. It feels sometimes in in the world of podcasting. You know, we don't have a former player as a co-host or anything like that. We don't, uh, you know, this isn't lining our pocketbooks. We're just doing this for the love of the game mm. and long snappers. Yeah, they're showing up for the love of the game too. So I like being able to shine the spotlight on somebody who maybe isn't quite always uh, in the limelight. Sure. It's fun. Should we talk about Ohio State? I guess. Guys, it's a, it's a scary looking game. Ohio State is SP plus overall number one. Their offense is number one. Special teams are number one. Defense is 15. So, yikes. They are... Let me do some quick math here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and one. They start the season off with a win at Minnesota, who who is S&P Plus 17th. Then they lost uh, a tight game. They beat Minnesota 45-31. Then they host Oregon in a widely anticipated matchup. You know, the the game last year at Oregon was canceled because of COVID. They lost 35-28 to Oregon, who's SP Plus 23. So I'm sure they'd like another shot at them. Then they had a few games against not stellar opponents. So they beat Tulsa, who's 85th overall, 41-20. They beat Akron, who's 127th overall, 59-7. They beat Rutgers, 69th overall, 52-13. They beat Maryland, 40th overall, 66-17. And they beat uh, Indiana, 61st overall, 54-7. I think we thought Indiana was maybe a little bit better before the season. And then most recently, they beat number 11, Penn State, 33-24, kind of a close game. So, um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good team coming to town here. Just to, to look at a few... <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah, player highlights. Uh, First-year quarterback, C.J. Stroud, 
there was a little bit of unhappiness with him at the beginning of the season, but he's put together a just fine season. <laughs> he's doing all right. He's completed 147 of 219 passing attempts for 2,270 yards. That's a 67% completion rate, averaging 10.4 yards catch, 23 touchdowns to three interceptions, and only sacked five times. Travion Henderson is getting the bulk of the carries at running back. He's carried 107 times for 845 yards and 12 touchdowns at 7.9 yards per carry. So, um, you know, if he has a really great day, he could he could hit a thousand against us. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but it's definitely he's on track for that. Master Teague, who I think was their number one guy a year or two ago, uh, is third in carries with 43 and 245 yards and three touchdowns at wide receiver it's just uh embarrassment of riches and a lot of guys with a lot of touchdowns so if you want to look at the receiving receptions leader that's garrett wilson with 43 for 687 yards and six touchdowns it's a 16 yard average if you want to look at touchdown leader that's chris Olave with 35 receptions for 562 yards and nine touchdown receptions if you want to look at the average yards per catch leader that's trevion henderson the running back Oh, nope. Wrong. It's Emeke Ogbuka with six receptions for 145 yards. That's 24.2 yards per catch. He has an 85-yard reception is the story there. Zero touchdowns, so I guess he didn't make it to the end zone. So nearly a 1,000-yard rusher, uh, a dude that's got nine touchdown catches, just an incredible skill unit um, top to bottom. Oh, and their field goal kicker is perfect on the year. Noah Ruggles, 47 of 47 PATs and 11 of 11 on field goals. His longest is only 44 yards. So, uh, Leading tackler, Ronnie Hickman, the safety, 66 tackles and a couple of interceptions. Their sack leader is Haskell Garrett, a defensive tackle with four and a half sacks for 23 yards loss. He's defended a pass as well and recovered a couple fumbles. Their second leading tackler, uh Teraja Mitchell, uh, 41 tackles from the linebacker spot. So this is a good team. If they have a weakness, it's defense, but they just don't have many weaknesses. Um, kind of feels like o- Oklahoma felt like you could see a path, maybe. this uh, It looks harder to see a path to victory other than what we saw at the very end of the Purdue game where Adrian and the wide receivers all ran around like crazy. <laughs> and try to get make something happen. Um, the defense is going to have to play the game of their life. Going to have to get some picks. And uh, we got to start hitting the quarterback. I'm not sure if it happens this this week, but we got to start hitting the quarterback. What are your thoughts on all that, Mike? Um, I'm reminded of a Bible story. Hmm. Everybody thought that there was no way that David could beat Goliath. But hmm. he did. But he did, Justin. <laughs> and so here, here's the deal. Every week, every week in college football, it always seems to be there's always some kind of like weird, crazy highlight that you watch during a game where they're like, as it turns out, this high school team from the middle of nowhere in Nevada or Wyoming or whatever, Monta- the Montana Mountaineers, they're beating Alabama today. You know, like some crazy, like, out of the blue, some team that you never would have expected. Okay, the rest of the world is not going to be paying attention to Nebraska versus Iowa State. <laughs> Iowa State. 
the rest of the world is not going to be paying attention to Nebraska versus Ohio State this weekend. Let's punch them in the throat. Yeah, well, it's an 11 o'clock kickoff, so you're right. I mean, that's not a super popular spot for people to tune in. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's make it interesting. I'm guessing. I'm guessing Scott's got the guys fired up. They they rise to the occasion, um, pretty consistently against top talent. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe it happens again. I got to feel like there's a little bit of deflated deflatedness in uh, in the stadium these days. But at the same time, there's been a few tweets coming out from from football players who are clearly still excited to have a season ahead of them they haven't quit um you know if they want to look in the mirror and say we've barely lost all the games that we've lost that's you know they, they can get motivated by you that know, so th- that's that's an interesting thing to bring up is it it does seem like culturally this year like if there's one thing you can point to frost seems to be pretty satisfied with how this team has gelled in the locker room um in fact, I think yesterday he was even saying he actually didn't say too much to the team after the game. He let the captains handle it. Hmm. So, I, I don't know. I, do you get that sense? This year there seems to be a lot more um, of Frost saying things like, you know, I'm really proud of this team. These are this great group of guys. They've got the grit. They've got the determination. I'm not worried about them losing heart or not showing up to play next week. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, that's the thing. That's one of the things that's so frustrating about this year is the culture is in place. These are his guys and they are reflection of him. They're not, you know, other, other, other guys, guys for lack of a better way to say it. (laughs) So I, I do, I feel like there's a really strong culture. You've got players coming out and owning it after a loss. You've got people picking each other up. It's, it's just, is that, I think that's part of the reason that it's so frustrating is, how are we not? How does this keep happening? Mm-hmm. It's like a bad dream. Yep. So anyway, uh, we got to come up with a uh, score prediction here, Mike. All right, I'm going David and Goliath style. I'm throwing this against the wall and I'm praying it sticks. We're gonna double their score: forty-two twenty-one. Go big red. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I, I want this to be a game where, out of nowhere, just nothing goes right for Ohio State and they are just falling all over themselves it happens we've seen the highlights where teams that nobody expected to win just wallops one of the highest ranked teams in the country why can't nebraska be the team that does that this weekend why not happen why not now exactly it's great yeah so i'm gonna go with the barn burner i'm gonna say uh defense optional uh the long bombs to torre connect this week i mean we had it was it falk who caught a long bomb dot layout pass yesterday. It was really exciting. I mean, there were some good moments. Things are happening. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fifty to forty nine. All right. <laughs> Woo, Justin. We have officially reached the point of absurdity <laughs> in the season, and uh, I'm here for it. Um, I will be cheering on my team on Saturday. And just to be clear to everybody, that team is still the Nebraska Cornhuskers. <laughs> yeah, no, never, never doubted that, Mike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we encourage you to do the same. We know that this season is not going the way that anybody had hoped or even expected. Um, but, uh, you know, despite everything, there are still 
things that we can look to in this season that if this team properly builds on them, you could argue that barring our record, there's there's signs of progress. That's what I'm going to hang my hat on at the end of the day because that's all I can do. Well, sure. I mean, we ha- we haven't had the embarrassing losses that we've been so passionate about in the past. You know, we have not been we've not been blown out. We've had maybe other you types should of losses. not say that this week, Justin. <laughs> well, I meant blowout losses. Yeah, but no, I'm, good, I'm kidding. Good, yeah. good point. I mean, I'm saying yeah. it, leading into Ohio State, maybe be careful talking about blowout oh, losses. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting to see. I mean, that this is the test of the culture. Um, you're in all these close games, so. You can you can look in the mirror as I just said. You can look in the mirror and say we're close. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are you going to show up against what might be, you know, the best team in the country, who has just a couple of years ago showed up when we were feeling pretty good about ourselves and smacked us real good in the face? I mean, this is a real test. So we will see. Hey, how about uh, how about our sponsors? I was about to say we will see you in a new home. When you invite us over to record in your basement. Or, you know, if you wanted to build a space specifically for us to have our podcast, we could come over in We've your home. We've got some great specs. We could, yeah. This could really work. Okay, folks, l- listen to this. We want you to give Monty Rodi a call, and we want you to buy a home purely with the thought of having an extra room that can turn into a podcast studio for Justin and Mike for the Husker Pod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you have us over, you will have a freezer fully stocked with Central Nebraska Buffalo in that spare room. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna supply it. Yes, no, of course. You're yeah, you're, you're not buy saying the we're home. fully stocking it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you're gonna buy us a house, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're you know you are what we will gladly list you as an executive producer on every episode of this podcast in the liner notes. They call them Atlanta show notes, whatever. I'm thinking like a band. Um, yeah. Well, it, 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 open invitation. If somebody wants to buy us a house, please go exclusively through Monty Rody. And uh, we need you to also provide extra budget and make all the rema- arrangements. Make all the arrangements with a contractor to build a podcast studio for us and continually supply us with central nebraska buffalo bison products that we can it really eat seems like a good deal while we podcast and here's the thing if you I want don't know why to, you wouldn't do this we'll let you be a guest on the podcast at least once every two seasons once every two seasons okay so i like that so it's generous but not too generous all right right so um if that happens to be you give us a call let's make this happen i'm excited <laughs> Okay, in all seriousness, though, everybody, um, we do want to recommend Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. He would be happy to work with you, whether you are looking to be a, uh, you know, a uh, benefactor of a podcast or just looking to relocate your family. Maybe your family is growing. Maybe your family may grow in the future and you want to plan ahead for something like that. Maybe you're looking to downsize. Maybe you're trying to take advantage of the fact that uh, it is definitely seller's market right now. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm not an expert. I'm not a realtor. Don't take my advice. Talk to Monty. He's the one who can guide you. I never take your advice. Yeah, well, I mean, especially when it comes to housing. Um, But, um, yeah. Right. Monty is the expert in this situation, so you can give him a call at 402 770 3356 or you could email him at monty.rody that's r o h d e at 
prglincoln.com. I feel like I'm really tempted to do the Godfather's Pizza voice again. I think you didn't even say anything about the title of last week's episode. What was it? Purdue don't? No, it was Purdue it. Oh, I didn't even get it. I thought it was just a clever. Nope. Oh, got it. I was I was waiting for you to say something. I didn't get there. I'm glad you pointed that out. Well done. Well played. That's funny. It was only for you. Nobody else would have known what it was except you, and you didn't get it. Gosh, dang it. I feel like once you listen to the episode, you might have noticed. Oh, boy. That's great. And as Mike and I have talked about before, holiday season is upon us. We're recording on the last day of October. And uh, so November is here by the time you're listening to it. It's not too soon to be thinking about the holidays, thinking about Christmas gifts. Also, my birthday is the end of November, so there's that too. Um, go to Central Nebraska Buffalo's website. Check out check out everything available there, cnbuffalo.com. They've got a Christmas variety box, a Christmas jerky box, a Christmas sampler box. So you, the sampler has ground bison, patty package, ribeye, jerky. Um, the Christmas variety box has two pounds of ground, one patty package, ribeye, a hot dog package, jerky, jerky sticks. It's uh, lots of good stuff in here. And if you're really getting hungry, free shipping if you buy over $200 worth of bison. So... You might want to think about that. They've also got the, they've also got the gear. I tell you what, I I have one of those red Central Nebraska Buffalo hats, and I wear that with some regularity. It's maybe my favorite hat right now, and it's always fun to have people ask me about it. I get to be like, well, uh, actually, they sponsored my podcast, and then half the time, people are like, you have a podcast, and I was like, yeah, don't you know that? Eight years almost, gosh. Um, <laughs> so anyway, cnbuffalo.com, check it out. Lots of good stuff for the holiday season. Lots of good stuff for you. With that, I think my voice held up pretty well, but I'm tired. Yeah, I'm there too. Man, I love Nebraska football. That's why we can still talk for for an hour after a loss, man. <laughs> I mean, I still love it, but it's getting real hard. Yeah, it's a it is a long suffering commitment, and I mean that in every sense of the term long suffering. <laughs> You can yeah. uh, treat it as one word, or you can treat it as a hyphenated phrase, or it's just a lot of suffering lately. <laughs> <laughs> so much pain. But you know what, folks? Um, we Justin and I, Justin and I, have actually talked a lot about this off the air, so to speak. Um, we've had a lot of interaction this year with with the people listening to this podcast. Um, people calling in, people sending us notes. Um, just uh, thank you for your support of this podcast. Thank you that in the midst of this mess of a season, we still have people who are invested, people who are um, participating. Um, you know, we we rarely even, like I don't even remember the last time I looked at our download numbers, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, mm. You know, that's not why we're doing this. We're doing this for the community we're doing it for the love of this team and the fan base. And when I say fan base, not our fans, you Husker fans in general, right? Oh, I didn't um, think you meant that. Yeah. Um, is, is, do are, it there, the are there Husker another. Pod fans? I don't know, whatever. Um, there's like one guy named like Gary who's like, yeah, Husker Pod. Wish I could hang out with Justin. He seems like a cool dude. 
Come on, admit it. You've listened to a podcast and thought to yourself, man, I'd like to hang out with these guys. Oh, probably. Yeah. I don't and know. And then if I realized I was listening to myself. <laughs> anyway, folks, um, we appreciate you, but we, we respect your distance. <laughs> <laughs> so stay away. Suddenly Keep it's it. turning into an insult of our fans. What have Fans. you done, Mike? Stupid. What am I saying? Mike, okay, oh, we're there, man. We're there. Stop. Stop. Let's stop before I say something dumb. Something else dumb? <laughs> or... All right. Hey, Mike, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Beat State. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.